The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Let's get to our guest, Stefan Hu, Regional CIO and APAC Macroeconomics Head at UBS Global Wealth Management. Well, a number of issues that China's facing, obviously these further lockdowns, uh, that's probably the biggest one at the moment, but also the, the, the property crisis uh, seems to be casting a little bit of a weight on, on the country's uh, economy and geopolitical tensions. Uh, just overall, your thoughts here this morning, Yifan, on, on the health of the Chinese economy. Uh, for the Chinese economy, it's improving from the like uh, the second quarter. So we should put this way, uh, the worst is past. Uh, however, the rebounding road is a bumpy. So now currently we see uh, for the consumption is picking up. However, because of the resurgence of the COVID restriction, uh, so I think it's a slowing down a little bit again. And also for the investment side, uh, especially for the in manufacturing, it's a quite uh, manufacturing infrastructure. Infrastructure uh, should be resilient, uh, partially offsetting uh, the declining of the property investment. So exports is also slowing down. So as a whole, and we think that it's a. Uh, we, we put it a U-shaped recovery with a bumping road, uh, but still it's a recovery from the second quarter. So the worst Yifun, is past. How much do we see a more meaningful recovery and perhaps a pivot away from dynamic COVID after the party congress? Uh, we think the uh, the China probably will continue its a zero COVID uh, policy. However, the implementation will be much more flexible. So currently, we see like uh, from the overall direction, I think the government is already like more relaxed. Like uh, you will say, like uh, for the allow the APEC card holders to visit China and also like uh, foreigners with students visa can uh, like enter China and also the quarantine period like a uh, shortened to seven plus three from the 14 days. So we see the overall direction is like uh, um, inclined to more opening, uh, but we just think like uh, before the party congress, like uh, it's uh, still quite tight, but we think they should be more relaxed uh, after the political pressure is uh, gradually alleviated. Yifan, how far along are the provinces in pulling forward some of the bond sales from next year in, into this year? Uh, for from the <clears throat> the the provincial uh, like uh, level, I think it's uh, for 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 the like uh, currently with the COVID like uh, more like uh, uh, restrictions for the bond bond side. Uh, <clears throat> in our view, 
the LGFE will continue to uh, probably issue in the Hong Kong market, but the, it, it's uh, I think the, the overall market is uh, mm, it's not like a very enthusiastic like uh, for the bonds. So we think there's a still uh, like issues, but the overall the volume actually is quite muted. We're continuing to see weakness in the yuan and efforts by the PBOC to stem this. Meanwhile, uh, RBC reporting that Russian banks prefer China's yuan as the main alternative to payments in dollars and euros. When it comes to the currency, what are the implications of geopolitics and, of course, the strong dollar weighing on the overall uh, weakness of the yuan? Uh, currently, because of the strong dollar, uh, I think it's a kind of the general depreciation like against the dollar. So I think that the China is a, has no exception. So we expect for the USDCNY could overshoot seven, uh, like until uh, to the year end, but it will gradually back to like a six point nine uh, by next March. Uh, so for geopolitically and for the, I think the, like how the China is uh, uh, has been like how continuously promotes the RMB internationalization. I think they will continue work on this way. Actually, like how even before the geopolitical conflict, the China is already tried to use more uh, RMB and to uh, like how to uh, pay the commodity like how with uh, Russia, with uh, Saudi Arabia. So I think that's not something new, but now I think that of course like uh, uh, for the loop and uh, uh, like uh, RMB will become like a uh, two the the two currencies and the two in the like uh, uh, in the this kind of the oil deals. So I think that will be the trend. Uh, probably the China with uh, its uh, like uh, energy partners like uh, going forward. When we look at the challenges in China, it's kind of hard to figure out what the catalyst might be for that U that you were talking about for it to swing up on the right side. Uh, what's the catalyst? That, is, it, is it really just COVID? Is that the main factor at the moment? I think there's uh, several catalysts. I, I could uh, summarize three. And first, I think for the, in, uh, for the investment side, uh, we say for the infrastructure investment and also manufacturing investment is still quite resilient. So this year, we already issued uh, uh, 3.65 trillion of the LGB the local government bonds, and I think they have to be used out, right? So we think that that will keep the infrastructure investment still resilient for the second, uh, for the rest of the months. Uh, and the second, I think that it's uh, consumption. Consumption is still weak, is uh, recovering, is improving, but I think still takes time. So in our view, and we see the August actually is a quite a good rebound. It's all it's already. We see mm -hmm. like how for the services level, it's already 90% to the total 90 level. Uh, however, with the resurgence of COVID, so that one actually the COVID policy matters a lot. So hopefully it will improve after the party congress. What about the attractiveness of investing in China? You don't think Chinese equities now can outperform the rest of their Asian peers? Mm. I think that we currently think it's a neutral, so that means like, uh, uh, but just like we are waiting for the good momentum for the China's market to rebound. So for economically, we need to see more like a clear signs of like a consumption, like a recovery, and also hopefully uh, more like uh, the government supportive policy will be announced after the party congress. And also, I think for the market side, market side, I I think that for the corporate earnings, I think that probably have to pick up to give more confidence like uh, to the uh, investors. Briefly, from an investor's standpoint uh, in China, where's the best value at the moment? 
I think currently, uh, I think one thing uh, for the Chinese like uh, economy is still uh, it, the worst is past, so it's recovery. So I think this year could below like expectation of the uh, 5.5, and I think it's around like three percent of the growth. But the next year we still expect like a five percent of the growth. So that's mm. actually is very different from the uh, developed economies because currently I think the fear of the recession is like for the U.S. And the Europe, I think it's uh, uh, mm. like the hot topics. So I think that's actually make China is different, like uh, from the rest of the world. All right, Yifan, great to have you on. Thank you, Yifan Hu, Regional CIO and APEC Macroeconomics Head at UBS Global Wealth Management. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.